and the smallest platform and assemblies of God in Scotland. This ain't going to get my Bible or my notes up here this morning. Mark chapter 8, if you've got your Bibles uh, today, we'll, we'll read the scriptures in uh, just a minute while I get organized up here. But before we read the scriptures together, let me just share just a, a little bit, I suppose, a testimony, a little bit of background for, uh, for those that uh, don't know me. Um, Lois and I, we pastored here 25 years. Can you believe that? It's over four years ago now since we handed the church over September 2015 and uh, heard the, the, the voice and the leading of God very clearly to go to this very small a struggling church in the east end of the the city, just around the corner from the home of uh, Glasgow Celtic Football Club. <laughs> you, you, you were waiting for you were waiting for it, weren't you? You're, Robert Cook was waiting for that that little endorsement there, and I thought I'll, I'll get it in, and that'll, that'll be enough of the the green and white for for today. And it's been a roller coaster of a, of a journey, if I'm being totally honest. In the last uh, just under three and a half years that we've been leading the church, we arrived there um, and to 20 odd people that uh, were regularly meeting there uh, at Vision Sunday in September this year. I said, put your hands up this morning if you were here on our first Sunday three and a half years ago when Lois and I just shared the, the leading of God to come to this part of the city and 13 people put their hands up in the main auditorium and there were a few upstairs working with the kids. And now there's, if they all came on a Sunday, uh, that's the every pastor's dream, isn't it? There'd be about 100, but regularly between 75 and, and 90 meeting on a Sunday morning, and that is to the glory of God. But I'll tell you, it's been a lot of jolly hard work and a lot of just digging in, but knowing that God has, has put us there and placed us there and, and planted us there. You see, at one time, I, I couldn't see life beyond Whitburn or West Lothian, but when God just takes you on a, on a journey, and he uprooted us from here and replanted us. I'm going to talk about planting this morning, because I believe that there are people in the house today, and you have been planted by God in this congregation. You've served God for many years, but there's new faces I'm looking at today, which is always marvelous to see, and God has planted you and, and placed you into, into this house. So, the Four years or, or so since leaving here, I thought I'd put a wee photograph up on the screen just to let you see the tribe. Lois sends her apologies this morning. She is in Aberfeldy on a student reunion weekend. Her, the flatmates that she went to college with 30-odd years ago, um, they have a, a Friday to Sunday uh, catch-up, and so it, the dates clashed. That photograph was taken just about a month ago, and it's great to have Rebecca and Johnny in the front row because it was Rebecca's graduation uh, in Strathclyde uh, Uni in Glasgow. That's the most recent photograph. So on the left, my son Mark and his fiancée Robin. Mark gets married next May. <laughs> Wonderful news. Fantastic. There is Suzanne uh, to, the, to, uh, to the right of Robin. S Suzanne is at St. Andrew's Uni, but staying in Glasgow with us. And for the last year, she was an intern in the church. She part of the worship team. She heads up the, the youth in the church. And she's been a great help to her dad. We worked together two days a week, which was absolutely marvelous. Then that lovely lady just to the right is Lois, for those who still remember her. Uh, yeah, the guy there next to him, you know who that is. And then Rebecca and her husband, Johnny. I thought I'd just throw up the, the photograph this morning before we get to the word. Really good to be here. Great to see my friends, Bobby Sim and Chuck Collins. Oh, oh yeah. 
the brick is still standing. <laughs> That's a coded joke. I, I won't even go there uh, this morning. So the journey continues because that's what it's about. Nothing stands still in life. Isn't that, isn't that true? And God has, is growing and, and developing this church as he is our church, which uh, we arrived there. It was Champion Life Church. We changed the name of the church. I, I did everything I advise younger pastors not to do at the beginning. Don't go in and make massive radical changes. But I realized this was a church that was very much used to change and they needed a bit of stability. But to be a good steward of money, because they had no money when we arrived. Literally, the church was, had nothing. And there's been a journey, an amazing roller coaster of faith. And I want to talk a little bit about faith this morning. Already God has spoken in the service through the message in tongues by Bet and interpretation by Pastor Stevie about expectation and, and faith and letting faith rise within our hearts. Without faith, we have got nothing. The currency of the people of God is a currency and language of faith and we need to speak faith and allow faith to rise up within us and let God do what he he wants to do and so uh, for the the journey of four years we've been there we've just had to stand back and exercise faith and trust God and when we could do nothing he does everything and really it's, it's a testimony and a story to the just the goodness of God this morning. Lots of just pushing in, lots of tears at times. Hey, I'll tell you, sometimes you think, man alive, the merry-go-round jungle of churches in Glasgow and Christians coming from church to church to church to church, and we're saying, God, we just want to see you build something of substance in this part of the city, and he is doing it just bit by bit. One of the, the great things has been Alpha. Uh, I run many Alphas here, I've got to say the new Alpha film series is the best I have seen. Um, we have, we're just finishing tonight actually, uh, we do three Alphas a week and uh, we're starting again in January. We try to put as many as the church through Alpha and on in mid-January uh, we're going to run an Alpha course whereby the only way you can be on that Alpha course is bring a non-Christian friend or a family member to the course and God is doing some incredible things. The Holy Spirit Day a few weeks ago was absolutely powerful. Put the, the, the second slide up, please, Courtney. Just one last pick, and then we'll read the scriptures. There's the church, the inside. There's the portable baptismal pool, because one thing I really miss about not being here is that you've got a baptismal pool just below the drums there, and this big old building that's nearly 120 years old doesn't have a baptismal pool. So I said when we first came in, let's put one in, until I realized that under the platform, um, the underground railway ran from Dalmarnock <laughs> through Bridgeton. So I thought, let's not put one in. Let's just bring in a, a portable baptismal pool and uh, there's Amanda who was baptized and then the guy on the right-hand side, William. William, at the start of this year, came out of prison after serving 10 years inside. You don't do 10 years for shoplifting. It was a serious offense. He came out, he found himself homeless. We're in partnership with a great uh, homeless project in Bridgeton, Arch Resettlement Community Project. And he's support workers, a Christian uh, organization, and they took William out for a walk one day, and they passed by 231 Delmarnock Road Gateway Church, and something just stirred and rose within William, I need to get to that church, and so the next Sunday, his support worker uh, couldn't go with him, but he went there himself. He says, I walked up and down the road five or six times. I was petrified and terrified about going into church, but he walked in, and just a few weeks later, he gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. 
And I'll tell you, he's an alpha now. And just four or five weeks ago, we had the tremendous joy of seeing him get baptized in water to the glory of God and bringing one or two others from the arts project to the church on a Sunday morning. Who agrees and believes with me today that our God is still in the transformation business? He's still saving souls from the inside out. So if you've got your Bibles, that's all just a, a little bit of testimony and background. And I realized that Stevie had me up here just after half 11, and I thought I can't preach for 45 minutes, so I've got to fill the time out some way. Mark chapter 8. Before we read Scripture, one last thing. There's Victoria and the fourth row back on the right-hand side. I was at the Open Doors Scottish Conference in Glasgow just a few Saturday mornings ago. And you know, the highlight of the conference for me wasn't the great Nigerian lady's testimony or the, the testimonies from the family who had to flee North Korea now in China. And it was a great day, but it was, it was Victoria getting up at the end of the morning service and actually sharing how she's a youth advocate for Open Doors. And I, my mind just went back to the first Sunday that she came into church and she was looking for Mary, Mary Roy. And she had by mistake gone to the Catholic church just down the street and walked into the Catholic church and said, I'm looking for Mary. Can anybody help me find Mary? I thought, it's priceless. You, you, you can't manufacture this, you know what I mean? And so she didn't find Mary in the Catholic church, but she found Mary in the Pentecostal church. That's a theological ramification in itself. And that began a journey of Jesus touching her life, and I was thrilled to see the, the change and the confidence and the clarity of communication that she, she brought to an audience, a congregation of 400 people in Findlay Memorial Church that day, and as we're driving through this morning, I, mean, I hope Victoria is in the service because I wanted to just prophesy over you today that, hey, it's only the start, it's only the beginning, and there is so much more in God for you to achieve. Yes, there is a clarity of communication and a confidence that you once didn't have, but you don't rest on that confidence. You don't rest in your own natural gifts, but you understand where God has brought you from. You understand the passion and the burden that he's placed within your heart. But now God says for you to go to the next level and the next stage, not just uh, representing and serving open doors, but by being a modern day disciple and follower of Jesus, you've got to get a greater burden. A burden not just for the persecuted church, but a burden, God says, for people in general. And that can only come by spending time alone with God in that secret place. I know you do. I know you read your Bible. I know you pray. But God says he's calling you up higher now. He's calling you deeper. He's calling you to, to go and make time day by day, week by week, to let your heart be broken with what breaks the heart of God. And when you capture that, it'll be incredible what God will do in and through you to the glory of God. God bless you, Victoria. That was a wonderful morning there in Glasgow. Mark chapter 8. Let's read the, the Word of God together. Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 17, then going through to uh, verse 26. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but loaves for the five ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves 
for the 5,000, how many baskets of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets of pieces did you pick up? And they answered, seven. And he said to them, do you still not understand? And they came to Bethsaida. And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. And once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. Amen. We'll close at verse 26. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready for the word this morning? Because all that is, it's time to give the pastor a little drink here <laughs> before we bring the word today. There are only two miracles that are recorded in the gospel of Mark and nowhere else in the whole of the New Testament. In the previous chapter, in Mark chapter 7, the story of the healing of the man with the speech impediment, and this story here of the healing of the blind man at Bethsaida. In both situations, two things happen. Number one, friends brought the man to Jesus, and secondly, Jesus led the man away from the crowd to perform the miracle. The story here in Mark chapter 8, the background is that Jesus has just fed 4,000 people, but he's grieved because his disciples were still not fully getting it. Verse 21 says, Jesus said to the disciples, do you still not understand? Now they come to a place called Bethsaida. Bethsaida means the, the house or the, the home of fishing. And an incredible miracle takes place where Jesus uses spit or saliva in the healing process. There are three times in the New Testament that, that Jesus uses spit or saliva in the healing of people. In Mark 7 33, the story that I referred to a moment or two ago where Jesus spat and touched the deaf and mute man. The story in John chapter 9 when Jesus spat on the ground and he made a little mud cake and he placed it on the eyes of the man by the pool of Siloam and he told the man to go and wash in the pool and he was healed. And this story here at Bethsaida in Mark chapter 8. There's a few things I want to look at this morning that I trust that if we incorporate into our lives and into this fellowship, then 2019 will be a year whereby faith will rise and God will do some incredible miracles and that territory will be taken in Jesus' name. Expectation will rise within us. Come on, is anyone in the house this morning who's agreeing and believing with me? And we take territory in the name of the Lord. To see God move in our lives and in our churches, we have to avoid an atmosphere of unbelief. Matthew eleven twenty one says, Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that, that were performed in you had been performed elsewhere, they would have repented a long time ago. And in the story here, as Jesus comes to this blind man, verse 22, it says, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Verse 23 says, He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of 
the village. Let me ask the question this morning. Why did Jesus take the blind man and lead him out of the village? All he had to do was speak the word and healing would flow in Jesus' name and the blind eyes of this man would open. Why did he lead him out of the village? He led him out of the village so that the miracle could actually take place because Bethsaida was plagued by unbelief. Even Jesus, 100% man, yet 100% God, struggled in some situations where unbelief was rampant. In Mark chapter 6, we read these words in the first part of the, the sixth chapter. Now, now Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Now look at verse 4. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. And he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few people who were ill and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Even Jesus struggled with unbelief. But I'm in Whitburn Pentecostal Church this morning. I'm in a congregation of Pentecostal people where faith is alive in their heart as we come to the end of 2019 and get ready for not just a brand new year, but a brand new decade. I know that there's no unbelief in the hearts of the men and women of God in this place. Oh, there's lots of atmospheres in the world we live in today. Hey, that terrible atrocity on, on London Bridge just 48 hours ago, there's an atmosphere of fear that's over many homes and families. Hey, we heard through the gifts of the Spirit this morning, there needs to be an atmosphere of expectancy rising up within this house, not looking at the external circumstances, but believing and trusting in God. I know in my heart, and it's very simple, that if we are to see God move in our life today, Doubt, fear, and unbelief has to go. Because doubt and fear and unbelief only leads to the negative. But this church, come on, this church are people who live in the counterculture to the culture of this world. And we are people of faith and belief an almighty God who is able to do anything at any time in any way that he desires. Doubt and fear are killers. They rob us of joy and seeing God move in, in our lives. For those of you who did the, the journey with us here, you, you, you know that I, I grew up in a little fishing village 200 miles north of here. I'm actually going to go up my Tuesday, Wednesday to see my mum and dad, 85 years old, and my dad's still walking nearly seven miles a day. It's incredible. And God's been good to them. And I, I said, we had a great idyllic childhood. Grew up in a Christian home. We, you, the, those who did the journey of life know that uh, Andrew liked to play golf. He, he still does. I haven't played as much this year, to be perfectly honest. But as a kid, I grew up playing golf. And I want to confess something this morning. As a kid, um, in a competition, I would try and put my opponent off. Saying, Come on. 
I thought you were born now, can you? You're looking at your former pastor thinking, come on. I thought you were born speaking in tongues, Andrew. You know what I mean? You actually would cheat to win a golf game. But this is what I would do. If I was losing with a few holes to go, and Stuart Lang is looking very, Stuart's come alive in the last few minutes when I've talked about golf. He, he's with me right now. I'm one down with four holes to go. I would put, as my opponent is putting the tee in the ground, putting his ball on it, getting ready to address the ball to drive, I would just uh, sidle up behind him and whisper into his ear before he hits the ball, just remember that there's trees on the left or there's bunkers or a pond. Shocking, isn't it? The only thing I want to say this morning, that was in my pre-Jesus days. I wasn't a Christian then. And you know something? It worked nine times out of ten. Because as you sow the doubt into the person's mind, instead of hitting the ball way down the middle of the fairway, the ball would either slice to the right or hook to the left, and Andrew's going, gotcha! I'm going to win this game. It's the same in the spiritual. If you allow doubt and fear and confusion to fill your heart and mind and spirit and not stand on the written Word of God and the revealed Word of God into your heart, you will not see the breakthrough that you are longing for. And in 2020, if you forget everything that Andrew's preaching about this morning, walk away from church today with the fresh realization that God wants faith to rise within the hearts of this congregation. And sometimes you got to lead people out of the village to get away from those that are saying, it cannot happen, where doubt and fear and unbelief is rampant. Lead them out of the village, take them to the boundaries of Whitburn, and believe for the impossible to come. Unbelief is a, is a killer. So Jesus came to Bethsaida. He took the blind man by the hand, verse 23, he led him out of the village, and when he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? Why on earth did Jesus spit on the man's eyes? I have researched this till I'm fed up researching it. I've looked into commentaries, and I know I'm back in Whitburn this morning. So there's some theological giants in the house today. And at the end of the service, please come to me if you've got the answer to this question. Because wherever I try and find the answer, I cannot find a plausible uh, answer by commentators or scholars. I don't know why Jesus spat on the man's eyes. Spitting in Bible days was as disgraceful and disgusting as it is today. But what I do know is that five times in this passage here, Jesus doesn't focus on the, the, the spitting, but on his touch. 
And five times in this story, we read that Jesus took the blind man. Verse 22, they begged Jesus to touch him. Verse 23, he took the blind man by the hand. Verse 23, he led him by the hand out of the village. G24, he put his hands on him. Verse 25, once more, Jesus put his hands on the blind man. I want to say this morning, don't focus on the spit of life. But church, hear me today. Whatever's going on in your heart, your life, your family, your work situation, don't focus on the ugly spit of life, but concentrate on the touch of Jesus, the one who came to give life and life to the maximum. Sometimes when difficulties come our way, am I the only one that that in the last few years has faced some difficulties? None at all. And I know that, hey, at one point over the summer, I'm thinking, people thinking that I'm now uh, Stevie's associate pastor. I'm coming back to share in so many funerals, and the church has gone through a difficult season with death, and I understand that. But hear my heart this morning. Let's not focus on the spit of life, the ugliness of life, the difficulties of life, the challenges of life, but focus on the touch of Jesus. In verse 23, understand. Jesus said to them, do you still not understand? That was addressed to the the disciples because these guys who had done life with Jesus, watched him for nearly three years, heard the incredible teaching, seen the miracles. They still did not fully get it or understand what was happening. And in verse 24, the Word of God says that he looked up and said, this blind man, I see people, they look like trees walking around. I've always read this story as a gradual healing, a two-stage process. The first time Jesus prays for the man and partial sight is restored, and then Jesus prays again, and this time it's total high-definition healing and clarity of vision. But I want to suggest to you this morning that instead of just blurred vision after Jesus' first prayer, that the blind man was having some prophetic and revelatory insight by the Lord Jesus into his life as Jesus prayed for him. Because as he prayed for him, look at what the Bible says, Verse 24, the blind man looked up and said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Come on, trees don't walk. Trees are planted and rooted and established. Well, they might walk at 2 o'clock on a Sunday morning, Saturday night in Socky Hall Street in Glasgow. Uh, I went down in, in the early day, I thought, I'm... You, Glasgow, I'm going to go down to Socky Hall Street at midnight and just see the man alive. I, I think I've seen a lot over my 50-odd years of living, but some of the sights I saw that night, man, are seared into my brain at all. And maybe trees walk, you know, as they, as, they, as they come out under the influence of alcohol and whatever, out of the pubs and the clubs. But the reality is this, trees do not walk. Trees are planted. And some of you are saying, where are you going with this this morning? This is where I'm going. Whitburn Church in 2020, get rid of doubt, fear, and unbelief, and believe God for the impossible. Believe God for some of the things that, that you know that God wants to do in this house. 
Not only that, but I want to encourage you this morning, don't focus on the ugly spit of life, but concentrate on the touch of Jesus. That old chorus, he touched me. He touched me and all oh, the joy that filled my soul. Something happened and now I know he touched me and he still makes people whole. But thirdly, the importance of being planted. How planted are we in our walk with Jesus this morning, church? That's the question. I'm not asking how many meetings you come in the course of a month. I'm not asking if you put your tithe into the offering bag at the end. But if you're planted in this place, that's just the beginning. It's the tithes, then the, the offerings. We've seen some financial miracles in the four years we've been in Glasgow. We came to a church that had nothing. Couldn't, couldn't pay me, that's for sure, at the start. I knew that before we came, but God made it so clear we had to take this little, small, struggling church on. And in the last three years, we've seen some incredible financial miracles. One guy came in one Sunday morning, and uh, I know this guy. He's a businessman. He says, everywhere I'm going recently, he says, I'm hearing about giving. And he says, I give, I tithe, I give offerings. But God's saying, through my business now, I need to step up my giving. I on London just a few months ago on a weekend away with, uh, with my wife. And I went to the service on Sunday morning. Guess what they're preaching on? giving. I come to Glasgow, and this is true, it was the one time in 2019 that we've preached on giving on a Sunday morning just as a subject, and it wasn't even me, it was preaching with one of my leaders, and he walks in, and this guy says, and I hear about giving again. I says, I'm listening to you, Lord, and he says, in the next few days, I'm going to send a gift to this church, because I believe in what you're doing. I see the evidence of a transformation, not just of lives in the building, but a, a two-story high building, 120-year-old building that's getting modernized and getting fit for purpose today, and 10,000 pounds came in in just a few days. I thought, oh, come on, Lord, come on. When we first came to the church, we couldn't pay hardly anything. And now, 10,000 pounds and the offerings. Hey, there's some people in this house this morning, and God has challenged your heart to, to give into this house, and you're battling and fighting. But there are some projects and some things that can only be done when God begins to unlock some some wallets and purses in this place to give into the vision of the house to see the kingdom of God advance in this part of West Lothian. So how planted are we? Let's get people planted in this place like, like never before. Psalm 19.12 says, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14 says, and they will still bear fruit in old age. Still bearing fruit even as we come to the end of our journey. Getting planted in a local house and a local church is everything. Knowing where God wants you. Serving God in the context of the local church is, is everything. 
people ever been in four churches? The church I was born into, Fraserburgh Baptist, 56 years ago, from within my mother's womb, was taken to that church. Then I got saved at the age of 18 and started going along to the Pentecostal church in Fraserburgh and get discipled and grew in the things of God until God called me to this little place called Whitburn. That the only reason I knew existed was three years before actually coming here, um, I was part of a, a youth choir. Can you believe that I was actually in a choir? <laughs> my, oh my, oh my. And the youth choir from Fraserburgh came to Heart Hill Church one weekend and did a Saturday and a Sunday morning in Heart Hill. On the Sunday night, we went to Croft Malik Primary School just down the street here where this church was meeting in the school Sunday morning and Sunday night. And that's the first time I ever knew that Whitburn existed. That was October 1983. Never thinking that three years later, God would bring Lois just graduated as a school teacher from Aberdeen, give her a job in Whitburn, and she was worshiping in this church. And then two years further on, Andrew, just out of Bible school, got married and pitched up in the church here, never thinking that in two years later, at the, at the young age of 26, that a church would take a chance on a young preacher. Hear me this morning. We've got to take more chances on young men and young women. That's why it was so good to see some of the young ones on the platform, Courtney singing this morning and others. We got got to take a chance on young people. Oh, we don't want to just have old people. Now, thank God for every stage of life, because I'm now getting much closer to the old. That scripture, once I was young, but now I am old, comes powerfully to heart these days. I am no kid anymore. But we got to release the next generation, and they won't do it the way that I want to do it and the way that I like it. But every move of God is different. And as long as we stay grounded in the Word of God and open to the Spirit of God and live a, a, a Christ-like, holy life today, I don't care if it's smoke machines and lights, as long as the presence of God is strong with the smoke machines and the lights. Because the smoke machines and the lights is no substitute for the presence and the power of God. But the reality is very simply this. We've got to release a whole new generation. That's one of the things that we are wrestling with. Because what I found in Glasgow is I'm great at engaging and getting my generation slightly younger. But we need so many more young people and young leaders that are fired up with the things of God to take the church to the... It's going very quiet in here this morning. <laughs> is it only my imagination or... Has it dipped slightly? And so we came to Whitburn. And then four years ago, handed the church over. Great to see new faces in here this morning. I, I drove through thinking, I want to see more new faces than Wheel Kent faces. And there's a lot of familiar faces in the house, but there's new faces, and that excites my heart. Steve and Mary... Get rid of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Some of the things that you're believing for, surround yourself with those who are not going to be yes people, but who will speak life 
and faith and a can-do mentality. Anyone can say this cannot be done. When we came to Glasgow just a, a few years ago, so I, I go home and think, oh my God, how can this actually move forward? And then I had to correct my language and say, God, you have called us here. You have replanted us here. We were very comfortable and very happy doing the, the Whitburn leadership with the team and with AOG. By the way, I'm, the, I'm not even an AOG leader anymore, and I'm loving that too. No longer traveling around like a Maddie around over the nation, but getting the chance to really get into a city. Part of two prayer forums with leaders that are really, I believe, beginning to make an impact into this city. And for the rest of my life, however long, and please God, let it be a long time. Because I've often said when I get to heaven, hey, that's eternity time without Bobby, we want to see 10 in a row and 15 in a row and everything else like that. We'll enjoy life to the max, but see the kingdom of God push forward. And so for us, it's going to be Glasgow and seeing what God does, not just in our church, but as churches, we come together. Jillian will be blessed with me saying that this morning. I can see the smile on her face right now. But the unity across the body of all denominations that are gearing up for 2020 and the visit of Franklin Graham to the Hydro on Saturday, May the 30th, for all the Alpha courses that we're doing, intentional build-up, because we are believing in 2020, the year of invite as the EA, and I believe you had Kieran from the EA here just a few weeks ago, and Fred Drummond, Alpha and EA, have just finished a tour, invite 2020. Hey, the good news of the gospel has got to be told in our cities, towns, and villages all over this country. The gospel is still the good news. Come on, church. Have I got an amen today? Oh, am, am I preaching to myself this morning? Is the gospel a young person or a boy and a girl? The gospel, the only way by which a man, a woman, a young person or a boy and a girl can be radically changed and, and made whole from the guilt of their past shame is the gospel the one that lifts a person up and gives hope and meaning and purpose to life now and great retiral benefits in heaven one day. Come on. Come on, church. Who's with me this morning? And so God has planted you here. And our prayer is that you would flourish here because this is a special church to Lois and I. You can't invest 25 for Lois nearly 30 years and not want it to go on even greater and higher and wider and deeper. But it was weird coming in this morning because the mantle of leadership is no longer on us for this house, hasn't been for years. It's on this lovely lady and this great guy and the team that they are building. And we want to see Whitburn soar. We want to see Whitburn move forward. We want to celebrate with you the stories of changed lives and baptisms in that pool. 
And I'll try and not get too jealous when we spend hours and hours and hours of bringing baptismal pools in and getting hoses in to hose the water outside at the end and all of that sort of stuff. We want to see Whitburn go to the next level. How does it go to the next level? People say, this is my church. God, you have planted and placed us here. Allow me one little bit of nostalgia this morning. As I look over to the wall on the left and the three banners that used to be up there, a scripture that was very strong and still is, even in Glasgow in a different way, you will be called Oaks of Righteousness, a planting, come on, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Planted, positioned, in place, rooted down for God to do what only God can do, build the church. Who's planted in this place this morning? You see, planted people know how to pray when the going gets tough. I find out in Glasgow, and we've prayed every Thursday morning at seven o'clock, seven to eight since. It started before we came there, and I thought, I ain't changing this. And so I go along, and I, I support the, the couple who lead that prayer meeting. And some Thursday mornings, there's four of us. Some Thursday, Thursday mornings, there's six. Revival is if there's seven or eight. But the reality is this. In one sense, the numbers ain't really important at seven in the morning because not everybody because of families and jobs can get there at that time and there's seasons of prayer built into the life of the church in other ways. But I know that planted people know how to pray. And planted people know how to worship, even when life may not be going on great, but we don't live by feelings. God deserves the best we can bring, whatever is going on in our lives. Planted people know how to give and sow into the work of God financially with their abilities, with their time, with their energy. Planted people don't need to be asked to serve. Planted people are queuing up to say, Pastor Stevie, how can I serve in this house? Planted people do all these things and much, much more beside. So I bring this message to a close. And I love that because one lady looked at me straight in the eye and says, I am. I am. God bless you. But for God to really do what he wants to do, because come on, folks, this is not it. This is good. This is good. But this is not it, the finished article. God has got more. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think, dream, imagine, according to his power that works within us. Come on. There is many, many more things that God wants to do across West Lothian. And there's still some seats in the house that need to be filled this morning. And then when you fill them, well, go to the double services or do whatever you need to do to, to keep the, the whole thing moving forward because God desires that Whitburn and Bath 
and Armadale and Blackridge and Longridge and Fallow. See, I may be living in Glasgow now, but I haven't forgot the West Lothian places or the culture. God wants to save and transform lives all across West Lothian. So who's up for it in 2020? In Glasgow, we're making it the year of invitation. We're going to challenge the church, everybody. We're going to believe they even know this till next Sunday because they've released me graciously. Pastor Ron Edwards is preaching in Glasgow right now. So bless him, Lord. But we're believing for everyone to the 3-3-30 approach, and that is believe for three people, pray three minutes a day for those three people, and then once during the week, take 30 minutes to really go for it, and trust that God will radically transform some lives. And so everyone who comes to the Christmas services, the Alpha cards will be on the seat for, for Tuesday, January the 21st, because we're believing for a harvest in Scotland's biggest city. Greater Glasgow, 1.1 million people. What's 100 people among 1.1 million? It is a drop in the bucket. And we have a big old building which is getting modernized, thank God. Did my head in in the early days. I woke up in a cold sweat before I took the church on. 14 consecutive nights at 3 or 4 in the morning with all of the building logistical stuff. And I thought, you'll know, I'm not a building guy in terms of DIY. Or when I always see it, it was, Stevie, that needs a scene too. Stevie, make sure that's, that, that's done. You have to do it yourself, but just make sure it's done. A nice modern building. This was a congregational union building. But I've got a photograph that I look at least every week on my iPad in the 60s of that place jammed to the gunnels, downstairs and upstairs. Young people, boys and girls, older people, families, part of the congregational union, three congregations that amalgamated and merged. And the subtitle in the newspaper cutting was Revival in Bridgeton. I'm saying, God, do it again. It'll look different now. The kids won't be sitting there with the guys in the in the shirts and, and ties and the ladies had their hats on. Aren't you glad, ladies, the days of hats has long been consigned to God's great dustbin in the sky or wherever you want it? But God, do it again. In the midst of incredible poverty, in the midst of addiction to drugs and alcohol, some of the alpha Tuesday nights, people have wandered in under the addiction. It's been something, you think, oh my God, how can you change this situation? Only Jesus. Only. But in 2020, I'm believing like you. Doubt and fear and unbelief. You got to go. Doubt and fear. Leave the building, let's trust, let's believe, and let's look to the God of the impossible. My final statement, is he still the God who does the impossible? Well, let's dare to believe him in 2020. Music team, come back. Bow your heads with me this morning. Preach over.
Let's just bow heads for a minute. I've got a few moments before 12.30 kicks in, before the teas and the coffees start, before kids who are rehearsing for nativity runs over to the building. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just let me say it's a joy to come back. I bless this house, Lord. I bless Stevie, Mary, the senior leadership team, the congregation, everyone who calls this church home. I bless them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I pray for every single one who know in their heart they have been divinely planted and rooted and established in God in this church through good times and tough times. When life is great and when life is not so good, they're still planted. And there's some in the congregation today and maybe you're wondering, is this the church for me? I simply pray this morning that as you open your heart to the voice of God, the Spirit of God, as the Word of God has come, that you will know beyond any shadow of a doubt that this is where God wants you to get established in and to serve in this place with all you've got. Lord, we're approaching not just a new year, but a brand new decade. It just seems a few years ago that we celebrated a new millennium, but that's the speed and pace of time these days. Father, I pray in 2020 and through the, the 2020s in this new decade, God willing, that Father, you would root people and establish people in this church like never before to fulfill the eternal plans and purposes of the living God. And this is how I propose we want to finish. If Stevie and the band want to lead a song, that's fine, but I don't so much want to sing at this point. I just want to simply say, if this is where God has placed and positioned you, and as you get ready to believe God for some powerful things over the days to come, so get rid of fear, doubt, unbelief, and rise up, man and woman of God. Understand that God has placed you and your family and positioned you here. So don't focus on some of the things that, the ugly stuff that may have gone on, maybe for some years and years ago, others, maybe even this week. But God says, don't focus on the spit of life, but concentrate on the touch of Jesus and determine in your heart that you will serve God in the context of this church in the days to come like never before. If that's you, stand to your feet now in Jesus' name. And in a moment, I'm going to hand back to Stevie who will pray and lead the service on the way that he feels is right. But if, if God has placed and positioned you, some of you, you've been here 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and you know that God has planted and positioned you, but your time is still not over. There's more for you to do. Stand now quickly and quietly in the presence of God. Raise a hand towards heaven. Surrender afresh to the purposes of Almighty God who's got the blueprint and the plan for this house to see it move forward in all that God desires it to be. Lord, 
let the best days be ahead father let the history of this church record in years to come it was in the 2020s that the spirit of god moved powerfully in this house that god you save people lord like never before water baptisms were the the norm week in month out week in month out lost broken people found a welcome home there's the sign outside the building but the reality of it in the house oh god will you bless this church and bless these people lord that lois and i love dearly will you bless them and bless them and bless them and bless them and bless them father in jesus name Thank you for your encouragement today, Andrew. Um, just for those who are still standing, um, but for everybody, really, um, there's so much that has been uh, just sealed as you've been speaking today, Andrew, in my heart. Um, uh, the leaders know that I've really been kind of digging into God over the last wee while and uh, we finding out what God's plan is for uh, the next season in church life because God has already said we're going into a new season. I prophesied last week that the season's already started. I don't know if you remember from last week some of the things that were being shared. You've just reiterated some of those things, Andrew, which is incredibly encouraging. God has his plan and his purpose for this church. And uh, this is the time. I said a few weeks ago, maybe a few months, a couple of months ago. It's time to stop saying that it's time. It's time to move into it. Yeah time for saying it's time has stopped <laughs> the time is now it's time to go and uh, God says you're it so it's time it's time to go um, we need to really move and uh, God's beginning to say some of the things uh, which are in his heart for this locality not just Whitburn but the surrounding towns and villages God has got a plan and uh, when God gives us the plan and he tells us what to do he equips us for that if God tells you to do something he's already and the very fact that he's asked you, given you what you need to do it. So time to step up and to step out. Father, we just thank you for this fellowship. I thank you for Andrew and uh, his message today to us. Father, for his heart still for this church. And uh, Lord, we do pray. Lord, we pray for his church, the one that you've come. Father, not just for one serve, did bless it. Father, that it would be filled top and bottom. Father, not just for one service, but multiple services. Lord, there are so many people in that part of the town that need to hear the gospel. And so, Father, we pray that you would pour out your blessing, pour out strategy, and, Father, pour in anointing and, and people and finance, all that they need to accomplish that which you've put in their hearts. And, uh, Lord, we pray that we would hear a new sound coming out of that part of the city. Father, a sound that brings glory to you. And uh, Father, we just pray for the sound that comes out of this house, even today. Father, we pray that it would be for your glory. Father, it would be a sound of people coming to know Jesus for the first time. And so, Father, we just pray that you would continue to pour out what you want to do in this area. Father, we pray, revive your church. Lord, we need to see a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in our time. Father, your church needs revived. And Lord, we just pray that you breathe upon us and that you move upon us. May we know your presence in such a a special way we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to